Oh, stop it. This is Tall Can Audio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast, one of your Thursday for Sage sessions. Means it's Matt Robinson over here, Lever Sage over there. What are you saying today, man? It's got a nice ring to it. The Versage session. Versage sessions. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you. You got to get it out of the way before you have a couple of beers because the tongue gets a little little fat and the Versage sessions becomes a bit of a, you know. Dude, I can't say it. I can't say it already. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A couple of beers would only help me. Sure. Okay. It goes in multiple directions, I suppose. <laughs> We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there. Let us know what you think of, uh, of everything we got going on here. And uh, don't uh, don't forget to make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us now. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're one of those iHeartRadio things that annoy the piss out of you when you're trying to listen to traditional radio. We're there too. Tune in. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Get subscribed. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm fired up again Good. this week. Good. Uh, about a whole bunch of different stuff, including... All the players yelling at the fans and the fans yelling at the players sure. and, you know, coaches about to be fired and should be fired mm-hmm. and Canadian teams sucking ass and all kinds of different things. It's going to be a um, lifting show. No, it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. But I'm going to get a quick, before we get to the beers, I'm going to get a quick plug mm. in for This Is Wrestling. Sure. Only because we're basically starting two episodes a week and this will intrigue you that coming out probably give or take the same time this will come out. Okay. So when you're done here, go check that out. Will be a new episode, not just what we do on This Is Wrestling is a like a weekly catch up, just like we do here, like what's going on in the the wrestling world and catch up what's happened on all the shows. Mm -hmm. But we're starting to do some other episodes that are going to be... um, kind of one-offs. So the first one is not the best wrestling themes ever. It's going to be the wrestling themes that literally gets you out of your seat still. When you hear them or you see them on television or you hear the music, you literally kind of stand up, you get the blood flowing through your veins and we're going to have kind of a live, it's not going to be live, but I guess like a, a right now discussion between mm-hmm. Zach McGibbon and I right. about ones that should be in the top 10 and we're just going to argue about it and then I'm going to win and then it'll be my top 10 list of songs that will get you out of your seat <laughs> and it won't be the most iconic. So when I leave out massive, massive themes because I've either heard them too much or they just don't do enough for me as opposed to so a I don't want to spoil your show because I, I can tell already... Heel Versage is gearing up for the show. This is well, we haven't recorded it yet, okay, so I know, but there's, there's nothing to the, the, spoil. the one that comes to mind for everyone would be the glass shatter. Yeah, Stone Cold. When I when you said a minute ago, you know the ones maybe I've heard too much, and I'm leaving out massive icon. You're not. You wouldn't dare leave out the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass shatter. So if you were watching oh boy. Raw or SmackDown, yeah. and the glass shattered right now, yeah. Would that put you to a different Yeah, that would get my attention. I'm, level. I'm suddenly not watching Austin Theory or whatever's going on. 
Nice Austin Theory <laughs> drive by. I like it. Um, I can tell you it, it'll be close for it to get into the top 10 because it's almost too iconic. It's too iconic. Where it's just like, oh, okay, glass is shattering, whatever. We just saw no more than a month, two months ago, The Rock returned to SmackDown. Yeah. That was unadvertised. No one knew right. he was going to be there. That if you smell, yep. and then the crowd roared. Right. So I, I have watched that particular opening yeah. where The Rock came out yeah. with your boy, Austin Theory, in the <laughs> ring with Pat McAfee at the yeah. time. Yeah. This is the people show. And you know what that means? And I've probably watched it 10 or 15 times and not to spoil it, but I still like, I don't even like the rock that much that, Oh my God, that go fuck yourself. Thank you, Christian. Will, will Christian be in the top 10? Um, probably, uh, at last you're on your own. (laughs) You're really good at this. So, but I've watched that 15 times and the the goosebumps I still get from him coming out and the genuine shock and excitement that went through every member, people that were 10 years old and 40 years old and 80 years old were in that arena, didn't know he was coming out. And when he came out- Yeah, hadn't been on the show in years. Yeah. When he came out, it was just this moment of- This is different from everything else. I, it'll be very hard pressed for me to leave the rock off of the list. Right. Because that, but I don't know about Austin. Like if that music shatters right now, I'm just like, I love Steve Austin. Like he was, I loved him when he was stunning Steve Austin. I loved <laughs> everything about him. But if that. <laughs> One of the Hollywood blondes with a Texas yes, accent. Yes, <laughs> with Brian Pillman. Yes. Well, it wasn't a Texas accent. He grew up in Texas. That's, that's He's from Texas. That's what I, well. That's how you get a tax, Texas accent, isn't it? He kind of made it seem like he's not from Texas. No, that's what I mean. Like, there. but he's supposed to be a Hollywood blonde. Why is he talking like a Texan? It was WC. Well, he's a West Hollywood's finest. Western Hollywood. Anyway, uh, yeah. point being, yes. I don't know about Austin being on the list. We'll see if Zach can convince me. There will be some other ones people would not expect. But yeah. the whole idea is to have these one-off kind of shows about a certain topic right. like that. And we're going to start including those in the, in the twice a week, This Is Wrestling. So I wanted to get that out right away. So that's coming up uh, on Thursday Yeah, on This Is Wrestling. It's true. Find Just it anywhere. All, whatever too. you said, too, about all the places you can find. Right. This Is Wrestling. There you go. That's it. Uh, beer. We got beer. We're going to have a beer. We're going to uh, talk about uh, some beer. Am I more excited to talk to you today <laughs> about all of the things going on in the sports world or... The few beers that we have here to try, we got some eclectic stuff. This is going to be today for sure. Let's go. So this was uh, from a brewery. I just placed an order from uh, last week. I guess it was late last week. Uh, and I don't think I've ever put in an order from these guys before. But I'm looking at their website. Oh man, there's a lot of good looking stuff here. This is from the Orleans Brewing Company, OBC. And I was working my way through it, and I'm looking at this and. And we're going to talk about this in a second. Nice. I am, I'm working on having a hard time 
getting Lee's beer tastes right. down. Yeah. This is, this is difficult. And so, but I looked at this one and I went, this one seems crazy to me. I've never had it before. It seems like it's kind of out there trying some things. And I said, I think Lee will be down to try this one with me. So I don't know if this, as you said, I'm to get my palate down perfectly. You're going to have to work hard. This is not going to be and I'm not easy. Gonna, I'm not going to work very hard. <laughs> of course you are. This, what you've done here in front of us shows us otherwise that you are working to try and do this. Yeah, I would not bank on it last Now, thing. I don't know that this one in particular will be like my no, no. all time, but you are very much in the ballpark of things that I like to do. So I like to go to different breweries and find the eclectic stuff, find what they're doing that's different from all of the rest. And I absolutely want to try those things. I sometimes, I get in beer stores or liquor stores or, you know, just grocery stores. And like someone will say to me, like, you've been in that aisle, (laughs) you know, like 20 minutes, you've been here 14 times, you know, everything. I'm like, but I'd like to see what's new. I'd like to see what's different. I actually found a couple of different things this week. I brought one of them this week. I'll bring another couple next week. Right. And I get excited about that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. So what have I dropped in front of you there? What, you, do, we, what do we got going on today? Tell us about it. You have dropped in front of both of us, yep. OBC Orleans Brewing Company, a guava and pink Himalayan salt Kettle sour. <laughs> Let's go. There's a lot going on here. Right? Who's not excited about... Oh, that's got... Before you even get it to your mouth, you can smell coming off of that. <laughs> this is going to be sour. You are right. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll make you pucker. <laughs> now, this to me is fantastic from if you're going to put out a sour. Mm. Now, sours, I think, were the in thing a couple of years ago. They've slowly kind of moved away from being the in thing. Right. But my philosophy with anything that you're doing is if you're going to do something, just do it well. I don't care if you think making a sour is the right thing to do and you think it's going to sell, make it a great sour. Mm -hmm. Like, don't. Don't just make oh, one because, it? yeah, don't make one because everyone else is making one and you feel like you need one too. Go out there and do something a little bit different. I've only had one sip of the, let me say it again, from Orleans Brewing Company, the guava and pink Himalayan salt kettle sour. Yeah. But what is the percentage on it? What do we got going on here? The lighting in this room it's, isn't. It's suboptimal. The best. <laughs> And I got one ball burnt out in the back corner too, so that's not helping. Uh, I've already had to put my glasses on because my eyes are going quite quickly. I don't, I don't know if you found it, but what I can tell you about this is after I believe the, it's 5.5. 5.5. After the first sip, this feels like a sour candy or it feels like this, this is properly done right? from a sour perspective. It's like I picked up another one and I'll bring it in, in another couple of weeks. I'm a big ginger guy. Okay. And we're getting into that time of year. And I found uh, a hard ginger beer that was made. It's a new one that's come out. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But when I went up to the, I always want to ask about it. 
And they're like, yeah, it's actually selling quite well. Uh, just so you know, though, it, it like a lot of the stuff that's come in about it, people have said that it's very gingery. I'm like, so w- when you buy a hard ginger beer, are people complaining that there's too much ginger? They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that one's for me. Again, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't do a half-ass ginger beer. I've said the same thing a dozen times on this show about need is coconut brown. I love it because it is very, very coconut. Right. Don't hint at it. Don't tease me with it. If it says coconut, bring the goddamn coconut. Right. Like that's sort of the way I want it to go. And I won't complain if that's, if it says in crystal clear lettering right on the front of the can, this is a coconut beer and it tastes really coconut, well, it's probably on me if, I, if I'm if i taken aback by the level of coconut in it, right? Be- it, it, because what you just said is so important. It's okay, folks, that it's on you. Yeah. You like something, you want something, you get it, and it's too much of it. That's not on the company. No. That's on you. Yep. Uh, but... I, I like it. I'm not a big sour person as opposed to. I'm not either. This just had enough crazy thing, yeah, craziness in but, the title that I was like, yeah, we're going to try that. But <laughs> I actually would get this again. Uh, I was out on Saturday with uh, with our friends Josh and, and Shrides over at the Tooth and Nail Brewing Company. Yes. And uh, had a couple pints there. In Westboro. Tried, tried, tried just about everything. Is it in Westboro or Hittenburg? I, I is it right the on the line? The difference. Yeah, exactly. I know it's the same, but people get all finicky about it. I don't know what they would call themselves, but uh, so anyway, great spot. Tried a couple of stouts. A couple of uh, they had an imperial stout in there at the time. They had mm-hmm. a porter going on. A few different things. And I was like, I, while I'm here, I should try and find a couple things to bring home. And I'm looking at it, and this is to circle back to the struggles I'm having nailing down your taste. I'm looking yeah. at it like, yeah, there's none of this. It's going to be Lee's. You know, like, and so I bring it up because you've been here a few times now and you've, you've gone through both of my fridges and, and, and last week actually took a stroll through my spare bedroom and there was a couple of warm beers sitting that hadn't been filed away anywhere. Well, I feel like you're you're on the hunt for something better, like behind this cupboard door. I like to know. Under the sink in the bathroom. I like to know everything about where (laughs) things are. And because you (laughs) scolded me for going in your separate fridge, I I was like, well, of course he's going to put beers other places because now he's going to know I'm going to go I into actually, I the believe fridge. I threatened you with a rolled up newspaper right. to know this is what I said it's going to happen. So I Didn't know stop sniffing that you're not going to put good stuff in the second fridge now because you know I'm going to go but, through but it now, so like, put it elsewhere. So do I have to go get a third fridge and what's the point because you're just going to be into that one? Like the, at some point So, but at, the point being At some point been, you accept it that I'm just going to find it so you might as well just leave it out. But you have been largely unsatisfied with what I have had here over the last couple of weeks. Clearly. Correct. There's been some pale ales or some IPAs, yeah. some stuff that just wasn't doing it for yep, you. It's true. And yeah, I, there's a part of me that's kind of like, okay, do I now have to shop for Lee when I'm out getting my beers? Like, I'm, I'm I don't know why you're and laughing. And I'm at, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the answer is yes, dude. I'm at, okay. I'm at two. We're and, a team. I'm at, you and I, we're partners. And you know, you know what I do? Nail. I'm at the checkout counter going, I want a couple of these stouts to take home for tomorrow. I want to do whatever. I'm like, ah, oh, is there anything here that Lee's going to like? Thank you. <laughs> Somebody finally understands because this is not a good feeling, Lee. I'm resenting that feeling. I know, not- but I embrace the feeling of when I'm out, I say, what can I bring? 
Tomats, Mr. Robinson's. What can I bring him that he hasn't had as a beer connoisseur, so, so the not, host of Tall Can Audio, yeah. 1,200 episodes or whatever the hell you got? You've almost had everything. 1,200 will be Monday. See, there uh, you go. You've almost had everything. And I go out of my way. I, I, I appreciate to that. To try and bring you something. So let something. me give you a cautionary tale because Rob Ooh. and I have been through this. Tough one. Shrides okay. and I have been through this. Yeah. At some point, and we're not there yet, okay. but at some point, mm-hmm. It's unsustainable for you and I to be able to surprise each other each week with something new, something we haven't had, something crazy. Dude. It was one. Hold on. Let me finish. And then I'm going to give you the floor. But I feel like you need to stop. No. It's not unsustainable. It is. I I will prove to you that in a year or however long, this will not, this will continue. The first few times you came in here. Yeah. There was a month or two between visits. Yeah. Same with, with most guests. Like when they come in, it's not every week, right? So if they want to try something of mine and they're going to bring something, that's, that's great. When you're doing it every week, mm-hmm. it starts to become starts to become troublesome, man. It starts to become problematic that, oh, fuck, I, I barely, I don't even know what I want to have for myself this week. I got nothing for the guest that's coming in. Yeah. I, I, and I showed them that one last week, and we've had this one the week before, and mm-hmm. it's unsustainable. No, um, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it's just not. And I will find, it's just because not. I found four or five yesterday that everything that went through my head. Right, but my tastes are far more forgiving than yours. You have criteria. You don't want, like, there's like 13 IPAs. I'm IP- willing to try. There's 13 IPAs in my fridge right there. You passed over every one of them. Yeah, well, I'll give you the 13 IPAs that are all at my house that I don't <laughs> drink too that I wait for guests to come over. Like, I try to pillage them off. I can't do it sometimes. Okay. I will prove to you oh, boy. that... This will be an ongoing, you will get something I've from me. I've made a me. terrible mistake. You ha- I was what, bringing me in in the first place? Maybe, maybe that. That's the larger mistake. <laughs> but I will prove to you that I really I will- hope this conversation was going to sl- settle down mm-hmm. the trading, the issue, the, and you're you're taking it as a, oh, I'll show you. Yes. We're one up in this thing. <laughs> okay. Dude, I bought five beers yesterday yeah. in all of thoughts of you and what I was going to bring to this, I have a month's worth at home right now, and I didn't even mean to go out and get it. (laughs) I just found it. Okay? Okay? Okay. So if you don't think I can sustain this, you are talking to the wrong dude. Okay. I'm just enjoying my... Guava and pink, pink Himalayan, Himalayan salt kettle sour. I like that it's Himalayan salt. It's not just like, there's there's a lot happening with this beer. So, uh, but you're right. You have brought something else a little later on. I'm excited to get to that one too. But uh, why don't we start? Uh, why don't we start with the Edmonton Oilers? Because I just have a, Let's. a minute or two on this. And yeah, look, it's been disastrous in oil country. I bet you they are relieved going into Thursday night's game in San Jose that San Jose went and beat Philadelphia yes. on Tuesday night, got off the, they were the only team left in the league without a win. Now they have it. And that some of that pressure that would have been on probably Oilers fans more than Oilers, but God, just don't let it be us. We don't need this right now. Mm-hmm. Edmonton is struggling. And the reason I bring this up is uh, a guy that, that I'm, I assume you, much like myself and most people, quite like, Connor Brown. Spent some time here in the nation's capital. Very useful player. Can kind of play up and down your lineup kill penalties, could power play guy, you know, second PP if you needed him to. Mm-hmm. Useful guy. Went to Washington. It didn't go very well. He got hurt. And he gets sort of a, you know, a, a give me a chance contract in Edmonton. And it was structured in a really interesting way. And they knew he hadn't played all last year. They knew it was going to take some time to get up and going. And they weren't quite sure what they were getting. So they sign him to a contract that's basically league min 
if he plays nine games or less. If he shows up and it's clearly not working or he's clearly terrible and it isn't going to work, they can sort of cut him loose or bury him and that would be the end of it. But if he plays that 10th game, and this would have been put in by his agent, this is the benefit of the contract from his side, if I've shown you I'm good enough to play 10 games and in theory then much more than that, I need a $3.5 million bonus and since the Oilers are up against the cap, that bonus would apply next year. Connor Brown, with the Oilers sputtering terribly, mm-hmm. is currently at nine games, mm-hmm. no points, and it's time to make a decision right. as to whether or not he plays that 10th game. And I only bring it up because, look, I don't know whether Connor Brown is ever going to be what he once was, whether he could gets back to useful, or whether he actually is spent. But the Oilers are in a place right now where this isn't even a this year problem. Are we, are they as bad as we think they might be or as they look right now? And if they are, do we really want to give away three and a half million on next year's cap for a season that's lost on a guy that we're not sure about? Like, I don't think they expected to be in this position record wise when they had to make this decision on him. And that's well put. So the answer is they should cut bait right now because Connor Brown isn't worth the gamble for what they've seen so far, for what their record is so far. They are. What do you think Connor Brown is going to turn into? Let's just say he gets better. What do you think he's actually going to turn into? When you say he got hurt, no, he tore his ACL. Yeah. And when people try and come back from that and Connor Brown who was not the swiftest player no, was not the fastest guy i'm telling you just having watched with the naked eye when you watch the oilers games and you watch him when he was in ottawa he had a real special kind of place i know you know him well from toronto as yeah. well but he was like, insulated perfectly in edmonton if you're not with those guys, yeah, you're not insulated at all. And if you're a half step slower than what you were, you were barely hanging on speed-wise. And I don't mean talent-wise, but speed-wise, you were barely hanging on to what your National Hockey League career was. Connor Brown and a lot of – and I don't mean to put everyone in this category, but there are a lot of guys, unfortunately, that when they're at their absolute peak, when they're at their best, this isn't a slag on them. They're, they're like mid-level to fringe NHLers. Oh yeah, when they that's get- me redlining, right? The best I could possibly do, not me personally, but yeah. third line NHLer is my absolute best. Especially where Connor Brown is and how long he's played and his age and now his injuries. And so... If you lose a half a step... Yeah, if I get down to 98% of what I used to be, I, maybe I'm not even that anymore. Correct. Right? So what what do you think you're going to be if, if you like get back to 100%? Yeah. What, what is he suddenly playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl? And, no. So You got to cut bait. And if they don't, I hope they don't because for Connor Brown, then good for him, he'll get his money. Yeah, I think yeah. his career kind of you know spiraled a little bit weird after... So, but there's two complicating factors here. One of them I know you know very well that that was Connor McDavid's running buddy down in Erie in junior. Yeah. Good friends, played together, and I covered them. I was in Erie at the time. Yeah. And so I would imagine McDavid had something to do with Mm -hmm. 
luring him to Edmonton and convincing management, give him a chance. Yep. Set yourself up, protect yourself however you need to with the contract, but I'd like to see that guy get a chance here. Yep. And maybe more interesting, and this got brought up a little bit a month or so ago, but people didn't talk a ton about it. Connor Brown's former agent, Jeff Jackson, is now <laughs> part of Oilers management. Yep. Gave up his, uh, you know, his, whatever, his agency, uh, stopped being an agent, moved into management. Yeah, with the, like uh, Kent Hughes, right? Sure. Um, Montreal. Yeah, we've seen guys before the guy in Vancouver, uh, Mc, uh, McGillis. No, Gillis. Jeff Gillis. Shit, no. Or, uh, um, Mike Gillis. Mike Gillis, sorry. Um, so we've seen it before, but it's interesting that he got Connor Brown this sweet deal in Edmonton and then himself went to Edmonton. Now, I'm not saying Jeff Jackson's chief goal as he was winding down his not. agency was yeah. to take care of Connor Brown, but but it is interesting that Jeff Jackson has perhaps a greater sense of loyalty or commitment to Connor Brown than some people would, and Connor McDavid would have an increased amount of loyalty or goodwill towards Connor Brown than some people would. And I, I wonder if the Oilers get off to the start that we all predicted they would, and they look something more like 7-2-1 instead of 2-7-1 or whatever they are right now. Mm-hmm. I think you're even if Connor Brown is still at nine games and no points, you're more willing to go, he's not hurting us right now. We're fine. And we're more prepared to give him, even though it might cost us next year, we knew it was going to take him some time to get up and to going, get going again. Yeah, yeah, we knew it would take maybe 15, 20, 25 games. And then if he got back to where he was, cool. He's just, you know, somebody we've added midway through the season who's up and running. Right. But they're in so much trouble now. And I still, and maybe this is a separate conversation, I still think the Oilers will will get in. They're not going to win the division. They're not so going to be I. right. That, yeah, but I think they will at some point reel off 12 out of 15 or something like that. And, and they'll be okay. But they don't have room anymore to go, I hope Connor Brown figures it out and can join us later. Like, he is, even if he's not actively hurting us right now, he's not helping us, and we need help right now. So so just to make your point, uh, on Money Puck right now, and by the way, Jack Campbell, as we sit here, has cleared waivers, and he's going to go down to the I was hoping uh, the Sharks might claim him. (laughs) Maximum chaos for that Thursday game. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, he's cleared waivers. He's going to go down to the American Hockey League. Uh, Interesting next. note on that. Just quickly, I know that's not your point. I didn't know this until I heard. Uh, I think it was Bob Stoffer on with uh, AJ Jackie back on on uh, Tuesday night. I guess the Oilers AHL team. They're based in California somewhere. Yeah. I forget what that team is on tour or on the road this weekend. Two games in Abbotsford and two games in Calgary. So if you wanted to. For Jack Campbell here, maybe it's a quick go down. Can we find something? Can we get you tuned up without actually, you know, not doing a crazy AHL road trip? He's actually going to stay in Western Canada. I, that, that was interesting to me anyway, the, the timing here. Carry on. Yeah, so. it's more interesting to me to look at, like on Cap Friendly, and you see <laughs> Raphael Lavoie, an emergency loan. You got James Hamblin on an emergency exception. Yeah. I just love the word emergency yeah. beside like multiple players on your actual roster. Um, the panic button. As, impressed. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, mm. as of right this second, and this is according to Money Puck, what do you think the Edmonton Oilers' odds are to make the playoffs? 60%. You're pretty good at this game. 55%. Okay. 55.5%. So 
I get it. It's a coin flip. And they're not prepared yet to fully let go, right? Most of these betting companies would not. No. They, they think what we think, that there's a very good chance the Oilers can whip off whatever you have they're to. They're different from other teams where if I asked you, are the Oilers capable of an 8, 9, 10 game win streak? Yeah, you'd say for yeah for yes. sure you'd say yes. Like, is Ottawa capable of a ten game win streak? Probably not. No. Yeah. So, right, and that's where the odds. And yeah. may, maybe the best bet is that they won't make the playoffs with this start and all the. You know, sure, if you that's go back, too, yeah. If you go back and look at the history, and you gave me this garbage beginning in November, three weeks into the season stat last week, and it was really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at fifty five, make me press the button. <laughs> No, I want you. That's my draw. That's my Christian's man. Uh, at fifty five point five, that's probably more of the you and I and a lot of other people thinking. At some point, they could whip nine. Yeah, they don't want in us all off. to rush in right now and say, "Of course, Edmonton's still making it," and then have the inevitable happen. Edmonton make it, and they're not going to give that to you yet. So that's probably a little high, but that's where they're going to leave it for now. Can you tell me where the Toronto Maple Leafs are to make the playoffs? Yeah. I think it's not much different. I give me sixty again. How about forty one point seven? Really? That's way lower than I would have expected. Way well, obviously, lo- way right? lower. Yeah, because they I, haven't been very good yet. But I think they'll make. it. I do too. I still think they're going to make the oh, playoffs. Right. My my prediction that they're going to win the division looks in pretty dire straits at this point. But yeah, I still expect they'll they'll get in. So that's first, wild too. First in division. Let me go up. To, ooh, 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 it's gonna be like nine percent. How about four point six percent? Over overshooting it on all of these. But I'm an optimistic guy, man. And not to get too far off, but what do you think Ottawa's right now percentages to make the playoffs? You said Toronto was forty forty one point three. Uh, Ottawa twenty nine, twenty five, twenty nine. How about ten point three? Damn, eh? Ten point three. That doesn't mean that these odds mean, like, these odds mean nothing. Ottawa's got the back-to-back. If they win both of them here, their chance is probably like 41. We're still right. very early in the oh, season, it, right? It, like, it, it doubles, leaps way up. It probably doubles, like, we're coming off, we're recording this before the Leaf game. Yes. And so Ottawa and Toronto are playing, and if Ottawa wins that game, as you said, it probably goes up 5 or 6%. 100%. They beat Vancouver, it goes up. You know, yep. it goes up to 25. These odds don't mean all that much right this second. Because but, you're so early still, yeah. But 10%, yeah. that's that's not very good. So last thing on on the Oilers then and, and Connor Brown. Yeah. Do you agree with me or, or have a different sense of had Edmonton gotten off to a, a better start, they would be more willing to take this risk with Connor Brown and or more patient to keep him along for yeah, the ride? Yeah, Connor Brown needed not only to have more than zero points in his first nine games, he needed Edmonton to just not be awful, <laughs> right? Even if they were five and five or whatever, they'd probably keep with the gamble and Connor Brown had two or three points. Right. They'd be like, okay, like he's just getting going. We're just getting going. Everything's fine. Yeah. Well, record-wise and Connor Brown-wise, everything's not fine. And they are going to have to make a decision. I would cut bait right now. I I just don't see his upside being worth the weight with the position that they're yeah. currently in. When you're suddenly having conversations, look, even last year wasn't very good, but Jack Campbell has been waived, as you suggested, and has cleared through. If he doesn't turn it around, perhaps next year you're talking about either having bought him out 
or traded him with serious retention. And now do you want three and a half million dollars of Connor Brown on top of whatever percentage of Jack Campbell you said like it adds up fast for a team yeah. that's up against it now right yeah. open to the season one man short because they were so up against the cap so yeah I think had they gotten off to that good start this is a risk worth taking when things are going poorly it's probably not something you can afford to do you might have to cut cut bait right here which is a bummer because I think we all like Connor Brown yeah I like Connor Brown too he was he was an interesting study for me while in Ottawa because he had this relationship with like DJ Smith and it, it he just never seemed as, as much a part of the group as I thought. Now that doesn't mean when I say that, I don't mean that's a bad thing for Connor Brown. Well, because you mean you immediately think of Debrinkit, who was sort of thought of last year as a guy who didn't hang out with the young guys. What like he's already kind of had a young family, was right. doing his own thing, not officially part of this. Yeah. I think Connor Brown's reputation is slightly different, even if similar circumstanced. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it was just a different vibe with him. He kind of did his own thing, um, which is fine. Like not, you don't have to hang out with the top guys to, to be. You don't be doing backup successful. vocals on Mr. Brightside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he had an interesting dynamic and when they. They traded him for a second round pick. People were up in arms. Yeah. They were up in arms here in Ottawa. And then suddenly. Turned out to be all right. <laughs> right, right now it's like, when we trade Connor Brown, you got a second round yeah. pick? Yeah. Cool. Not bad. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, hindsight's twenty twenty on that. But uh, I, I would cut bait. The Oilers are going to have to make some really tough decisions. They obviously have waived Jack Campbell. Um, I would cut bait with Connor Brown. I, I would make. A couple of deals here here for them to really turn things around Shake and up things, and, yeah. and do it soon. Yeah. And so when you go through their roster, to me, I, I know. And look, Bob Stoffer is one of those inside guys, but he also works for the yes, club. That's right. And it's anytime you listen to Bob, I learn probably two or three things I didn't know, and I also hear two or three things of propaganda that I didn't need to know that Ken Holland wanted me to know. Right. But. <laughs> That's okay. Sure. I mean, that's, hey, that's life in the National Hockey it League. Is, that's yeah. that's life dealing that's with- That's where we're going. Yeah. That, that's that's everyone. And he's carved a, a great niche for himself. But to me, if I'm looking at that roster right now, th- there's only, to me, there's only three untouchables. Who do you think the third one is? I know you know who the, even you know who the <laughs> first two are. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, Ekholm, be your third? Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. Um, that guy was exactly what they needed last year when they traded for him. Fit in perfectly. And he is everything that you want in a guy. And he could probably still play for another four or five years. He's 33 and he, it's crazy to see what he can do. But anybody else, I don't care who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I would be listening and I would be trying to make something work. I'm curious, uh, uh, you're, you're a Devils guy. Did you get a chance to watch Devils-Avs the other night? Because that is one of those games that is very early on in the se- Like every now and then you see as you're sort of looking through the schedule, like, ooh, there's a couple big boys, right? Like a yep. couple of, of early season yep. favorites that are locking horns. And, you know, on a random Tuesday in November, you're like, yeah, that's one worth checking out. Did you get a look at it? I did. Yeah. Um, now Devils, not at full they lost strength six right th- now. 
They lost 6-3 in that game. Yeah. Um, but what I like about what you said is they are turning themselves into not only one of those teams that they're probably going to be around come playoff time, they're a team you actually want to watch. Which so the previous run of the Devils, everyone understood they were good, but no one wanted to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> and that, boring. That's a 30-year-old take. That's and, what I'm saying. The previous yeah. top-end run at Stanley Cups. But right? And they are now I'm coming. An old man. I know. My, but, most of my but what I'm saying is, like, if I if I think about the National Hockey League right now and teams that I will actually sit down and watch when I don't have to watch, like, I feel like when Ottawa comes on, I still have to watch. Yeah. You're like that with the Leafs and, like, but what's watch, a game on yeah. a random Tuesday? How many teams am I going to sit down and go, hey, this team is on. Right. I am going to watch them because... I enjoy the way that they play. Or mainly, if nothing else, because of who they're playing against. Like, you could talk me into watching Devils Avalanche. You probably still can't talk me into watching Devils Sabres. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, okay. Sabres are on the come, I understand. Maybe that was a bad example. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's I, certain matchups that jump out at you and go, for sure. that, that looks like it's going to be good. So how many teams are in that category for you? <laughs> we just talked about the Oilers. Yeah, they're they, not there. They they're were not, there. They're, they're not Although there anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. I might be staying up late to watch Sharks Oilers just out of a perverse sense of I have to see this car wreck or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the Avalanche. It's Vegas. It's the Rangers and Devils. Mm-hmm. Boston should be in there. I don't want to watch Boston. I, I, I agree. I, that bums me out, though, so I don't. And then, yeah, I watch the Leafs and the Sens. I love the Leafs. Yeah. I don't care. I feel like I have to know what's going on around the Sens. So four so. teams. Those would be your big boys right now, yeah. Four, I, I'm not four teams outside the circle the, of, that's of, of the things. Leafs and Sens. Yeah. Outside of the Leafs yeah. and Sens, yeah. That's about I, where... I think that's a fair list right now. Yeah. I think I would go Carolina, and, I guess. Yeah, they'd probably be on the cusp. Yeah. In that middling, depending on who like, they're playing. They're very and, good, but they're really not that fun to watch. Like, they don't play a super interesting... No, yeah. they... They dump the puck every time they get it, and they chase it, and, and they go. Fantastic defensively, yeah, and they go get it, and you can't get anything against them. Yeah, yeah, they. It's Van- successful. Vancouver this month has been on that list. Yeah, like, I, I'm still a little. I'm highly skeptical. Weary still on of that. that like, they that's going to cool off. All of they're on a PDO bender right now, and and <laughs> their fancies are going to cool off. But is is are they going to cool off enough that it goes off a cliff, or do they just go back to being, you know, kind of okay? But all these points have already banked gets them. You know, a, a low playoff spot. That'll be interesting. To, but they're not this good. No, they're not. But like I watched that entire Canucks Oilers game on, I guess it was Monday night. I wanted to see one way or another <laughs> what was going to happen there. But can we just appreciate the fact that seven of the worst 10 in the National Hockey League in the plus minus come from the San Jose Sharks? <laughs> they are spectacular. Like just... I Seven. names you don't recognize. They're a minus. Uh, they won the other night, so I guess it good up. But they're in the minus forties yeah, in their differential. We're ten games into the season, but seven guys are more than minus ten. That is insane. seven. <laughs> what a bad, no, bad in- incredible. Like we are talking. I heard somebody else debating this. Like, how far back do you have to go back to find another team this bad? Yeah. And there's people talking about that first year Washington Capitals team that passed the the trash can around when they finally won their first road game in like February. Um, 
maybe more likely one of those Atlanta Thrasher teams in the early 2000s, something like that. But man, these guys are going to be historically bad on pace to win, what, seven games? Poof. And you know that there are a couple of pieces that still people want from that team that they will probably come and get. Do you think Logan Couture is in a big hurry right now to rehab his injury and get back into the mix there? Just, you know, I'm going to take my time and get a little closer to the deadline here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure I'm ready for the deadline to right. see if anybody wants to uh, to to buck up. But anyway, uh, yeah, the Oilers are terrible. The Sharks are terrible. Yeah. I, I'm excited to talk to you about mm. this. I know we're going to get to it. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to lead the discussion. Go but, ahead. Um, with Kachuk and, and some of his comments and Giroux and Austin Matthews and everybody else that are, are kind of sounding off. Well, we should play the clips here. And I, I, yeah. I should say that Rob and I on the Monday show talked about Brady Kachuk. And then Versage was in here and we sort of half hit it again. Who? And I pro- yeah, you know, that, that other guy you used to work with. You just said Versage. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I did. I yeah. Meant, I meant Jackie back. Yeah. Thanks. Like we're one in the same, right? We're the exact same person. Whatever. Just somebody sitting in that chair. Versage was in here. No, I wasn't in here. Complaining about my fridge. <laughs> Listening to AJ Jackiebeck. Um, When he was in here, we hit on the Brady thing a little bit. And then I probably would have just let it die there. Like you've talked about it. It's been done. But then doesn't on Tuesday, Claude Giroux decide, I'm going to take a run at this as well. And on uh, Monday night, unrelatedly, but Austin Matthews has some words for uh, for Leaf fans. I- I'm going to play them again here. Here's Brady. This is from Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's trimmed in such a way, I should say, that it was Ian Mendez who asked the question and just sort of, you know, are you frustrated about, uh, where did this game get away from you? And he does answer. He's like, well, you know, there was one shot that kind of went off a skate and, and, and whatever. And then he goes unprompted without being asked into this quote. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, it's whenever you don't win, it's it's frustrating, and um, it's frustrating the the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and, and uh, uh, the bullshit kind of from the crowd too. Tonight was um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand. I love it, but um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't you don't turn your back on uh, the, the guys out there. So he clearly swallowed an F-bomb there, eh? Like, you don't... So Tuesday, Claude Giroux was asked about the same thing. It's Gord Wilson who asked the question. Here's what Claude Giroux had to say on the same subject. Uh, this time, obviously being asked about, you know, the DJ Smith booing and fire DJ and all that stuff. When you say locker room needs to stick together, I assume that extends to what's behind the bench as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting pretty old. Uh, you know, the, the fans and the media talking about DJ. Uh, it's pretty frustrating, actually. Um, you know, he's our coach. He's not going anywhere. We want to play for him. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just a distraction that we don't need right now. And I think we've done a pretty good job of, of not getting caught up into that. But, uh, D, like, DJ's our coach. He, uh, we want to play for him. And, like I said, he's not going anywhere. So, so that's Claude Giroux. And, you know, his is... His doesn't have bullshit in it, so it's a little less, but he, it's getting old, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. And I want to play this one, and we can kind of encircle the whole uh, conversation here, but Austin Matthews on Monday night, um, the Leafs were getting pounded 4-1 to one at the end of the first, and it, things were not looking good. Matthews comes out early in the second and scores, and then scores a second one, and kind of gestures to the crowd, like, let's go, right? And that's not usually him. 
so he's asked about that in uh, in the post game comments after the Leafs come back and win that one in uh, in overtime. Message to the crowd after your your second goal, they're pretty fired up. Yeah, I mean, after the first, just the the energy and you know the booze and stuff, rightfully so. But um, you know, didn't want them to go to sleep quite yet. So it's a different type of jab. It comes from a different place, but there's there's something there too of like. I know you're going to sleep. That's what a Leaf crowd does, but not yet, right? Like, I, yeah. I'm t- so, I'm curious. I think Brady in this market mm-hmm. gets to do this once. You don't get to do it often. You can't keep taking runs at the fans. You won't win that battle. But I think Brady has enough currency here that he can do it. I would say more than once. Probably has the most currency of any. You know what I'm saying. When yeah. I say he can do it once, I'm not saying only once in his career. I'm saying he can't make this his next two and a half weeks of constantly no, pounding c- on No, correct. Him. But right. he gets away with more because he's probably one of, if not the best captain in the National Hockey League. And I'm not overstating that. I really go around the National Hockey League and go, is there a guy that kind of leads his team on and off the ice more than that guy does? Right. And just beloved in the market, um, beloved in by the organization. Yeah. He can, he can I'm not get trying to pump. That. Stuff up up as I, I understand. When we get to the Claude Giroux, yeah, it's three days later, man. Let it go. Like there's a certain amount of dragon that now he was asked directly about it by Gord Wilson, I guess. But to go, it's getting old, right? Like he's not going anywhere. We want to and write down that date and time. He said he's not going anywhere because that could become interesting within a couple of weeks. Um, but Claude also has a lot of respect. He's not quite on Brady's level in this market yet, and it he he could have diffused it there and and instead sort of dragged it back out into the into the light. And I don't know if this is relevant to you or not as part of the discussion. He does that the day before playing Toronto, so you know you're getting that extra little media. You know we're going to be on the national game on Wednesday night against. The, so the extra media, the extra talk. I don't know if that's relevant to you or not. But he to me, Brady sort of had that covered. Said what he said. Now we have an off day and then a practice day and then an extra day before a game, except now Drew's brought it back out again. Yeah. I mean, I want to be really kind of heavy and critical because they have, it is on them for the way that they have come out in each of the last like three, four or five years. They just can't get their act together in the month of October with a, a yeah. very... Um, favorable favorable schedule <laughs> when it comes to who they're playing, when it comes to travel, mm-hmm. when it comes to the amount of home games they've had compared to the amount of road games. Their last few October and Novembers, if I if I had to go probably throughout the league, I would say it's in the the top ten of most favorable early schedules in the last three or four years, right. and they have sucked ass, <laughs> and so. I understand the frustration, but I also understand like Claude Giroux, I heard there that Claude Giroux just is tired of everybody asking about it. And yeah, we don't need the distraction. And he and he feels a little frustrated. Yeah. And he should feel frustrated. And I'm I'm willing to kind of leave it at that. I know the comments about DJ and he's not going anywhere. No, I'll, I'll tell you, Claude, if DJ loses to Toronto and Vancouver and loses on the weekend, he'll be gone. Like you think it's, so, like it, it's coming? No, it's I not. Think it's it's they, not they, if, can't, it's they, when. they can't do it before Sweden. Why not? Of course you can't. You can't drop in a new head coach and yeah. then head over to Sweden. Of course you can. 
it, it to me. I don't know. That's actually probably the it, best time to do it. It's interesting to me that that we live right now in a world where Leaf Sends hasn't happened yet, and everyone hearing this lives in a world where it has. So, hey, if the Sends pounded on the Leafs, everybody's having a good day. We're feeling pretty optimistic. Yeah, but think, if they lose uh, to Vancouver, okay, but you know what I'm saying. Like everyone's really feeling pretty optimistic. We've, we've had a better night, and if they've lost to the Leafs, or heaven forbid, been pounded by the Leafs. This it it's at a fever pitch again, right? We're talking about DJ and all this. The only reason I and look, Clojure has been around long enough. He knows when he can talk and 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 these sorts of things. But the captain sort of handled this one on Saturday. I'm not sure I would have gone to that again on Tuesday. And again, it's it's maybe it's unfair because he was asked directly about, um, you know, sticking together with the coach, and he said, yeah, like. But I, I just wonder if you might have answered that slightly. See, even aggressively isn't the right word. He wasn't aggressive in his. But you, there's ways to diffuse it, and there's ways to go. Yeah, no, I'm with Brady. The fans are annoying us right now, and I just don't know that you needed to do it twice in a week. I didn't get that the fans are annoying us right now. I got. I'm trying to back up my coach and and yeah. solidarity and keeping together, and I'm a little bit frustrated by all of the things that are happening. But most of them. Importantly for him and everybody else, I'm frustrated about the way we're playing. Um, they're just not playing great. And so nobody cares about the injuries. Nobody cares about, like, I know they're missing three of the, the top six defensemen or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yep. So is Boston. So is Vegas. So are other teams that have gotten through this just fine. Mm-hmm. Injuries happen to everyone. It is your problem. And your problem only when you come into a season and you haven't made the playoffs in the last six years to have the depth required that you can withstand some of the injuries or maybe before the guys got hurt, you should have gone six or your first seven. And so you can withstand some of this, right. but they didn't. And they tell me a team, tell me a top team that the Sens have even played. Like they haven't played the who's who of the National Hockey League and they are... No, you've had sort of, I guess the the clo- well Carolina on opening night, yeah, and that, they lost. Clo- yeah, okay, but that's that's a top team you've played. Sure, and, and I guess it depends what you still think of Tampa Bay. I think they're a a middle range hmm. team. Okay, that's, well, fair enough. Like they they I have think. not looked particularly impressive. No, I mean yes, they're second in the Atlantic right now with sixteen points, but they've also played thirteen games and they actually have more losses than wins. Basically, everybody from like third to seventeenth right now is just a big mush, right? Like with but they're six, three, three and four. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. They've they've lost more games than they've won. Yeah, so those four overtime losses are keeping you afloat right now. Yeah, so that's I I don't consi- I don't consider Tampa like one of those top top teams. I consider Boston a top team. I consider the Rangers and Carolina and Jersey top sure. teams. I consider Vegas and Colorado right. Like these are the top teams in the National Hockey League. They haven't played. They played Carolina once, and it was on opening night, and they lost. Yeah. Since then, they've had a bunch of home games, and they're what are they? Last in in the conference or last in the division? I think it was conference. No, it is conference. Yeah. So they're last in the conference. So I don't care about like if Claude Giroux is frustrated and Brady Kachuk is frustrated as a fan. I hope the bleep they are because if you're not frustrated now, I don't know when you're going to be frustrated because all we've talked about for 
the last two or three years is coming out and getting a better start and getting a better start. DJ Smith is going to be let go by this team before the end of the year. I think it's coming sooner rather than later, but I just don't see any way possible that he, unless they go on a, a crazy streak, good for them if they do. If they I, continue to kind of middle along here through these next, like I said, I don't want to harp it. We don't know what happened in the Toronto game. Vancouver Thursday night, and then is it Calgary Saturday? I think they're playing before uh, they go to Sweden. And then you got two games over there. Look, you might just tell DJ, you can hang back here in Europe, tour around a little bit, have a nice little vacation. That's when I would do it because you're coming home to a, I believe, five-day break, right, to get over the, the jet lag. That might be the window. I, I disagree with you about doing it before you go overseas. I just think there's way too much happening there to ask someone else to drop in, become the new coach, take over everything, and, oh, by the way, you're heading to do it seven time zones from here. I would do it on the backside of that trip, but maybe that's neither here nor there. I just think that's the moment. If you Maybe the moment was Saturday night. You had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to get ready for uh, Toronto on Wednesday. I would have done it there, but if failing that, I think you're stuck now till after Sweden. Okay. I don't because I do think those trips can be like once they get on the plane, yeah, there's going to be media over there, but there's going to be none of the media over here. You're going to be together most of the time. But if, like here's, not here's the rough the idea of my defensive schemes and how you're going to practice. And by the way, you're going to practice it on the Olympic size ice and like just little things like that where you're just like, the guys are half jet lagged and not super plugged in as they would be. I, I don't yeah, know. No, but here's what I would do. I would do it before then because not only can the coach get to know you and you can get to know the coach, that when you get back and you have those five days, you at least have a little bit of yeah preparation to go into it to go, okay, we actually... I don't think your, your idea found... is terrible. I'm just telling my preference yeah. would be to do it on the other side. So that's... But we're arguing about like two weeks. We're arguing about six days. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm we're not that. arguing about whether no. the coach should be like, oh. No, we're not. Okay. So we're clear. Um, it is Calgary on Saturday. And then, of course, they have Detroit and Minnesota in Sweden. Yeah. And then they come back. And again, I just, I don't know. If DJ Smith is able to go nine of his next 10. Yeah. Good for him. Sure. I think he saved he his, kept his job and players like, bailed him out. Yeah. So I have nothing again. I just don't see. This is the same story over and over and over again. And yeah, Brady Kachuk's frustrated. And yeah, Claude Giroux's frustrated. Claude Giroux came over here and is literally like producing last year. And at the beginning of this year, it's not as good, but he's been way more than they thought. Yep. Yeah. He, he wasn't washed, but you expected him to be on the downside, but he looked pretty good. Yes. Still looked like he and contributed. So he wants six. to win badly. Yeah. Brady Kachuk is the ultimate competitor and wants to win badly. If they're not frustrated right now, I don't know what they would want. Do you know what I mean? So I don't. Maybe they want Patrick Waugh spotted in Canada, allegedly. Yep. Um, I, I've seen people. I ran into Scotty Bowman over at Whippersnapper Brewing Company. Said he was just there for an IPA, but had his fanciest fedora on and was carrying his resume. So, you know, you never know, man. Is that true? No, no, no. Okay. Almost nothing I say here is true. 
I said the Sens wouldn't be docked first round pick for the <laughs> Dadenhoff trade. How'd that turn out? The point is, though, is that they are one move away from a true cleanup, right? Yep. Like Pierre Dorian. Yeah, the ownership's changed. The GM is changing. Well, it's changed. It has changed. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the coach Coaches, remains. yeah. Coach remains, so. Yeah, so when the coaches go, now you got a, a fresh slate on everything. Why are you not doing this sooner rather than later when you're last in the Eastern Conference? Last. What did you make of the Austin Matthews comment? Because it was different. Now, I pointed out on Twitter a week or so ago, uh, the Leafs came home from a five-game road trip having gone 3-1-1. Mm-hmm. And, one. and uh, at the time, they were 5-2-1. and one, And they had a bad first period and the fans booed them off the ice. And I thought that was stupid. Yep. Um, you can do what you want. You can boo whenever you want, but ultimately that's, but I looked at the logic behind that and went, yeah, it's the first game back from your longest road trip of the year where you went three, one and one. How about you just mellow out a little bit? And, uh, that was a while ago and they have not played all that well since, like I said, that, uh, Monday night game against Tampa, they come out and they're down four to one and they get booed off the ice and Matthew's comments there after the game, which they ended up coming back to win. I sort of saw half measures or sort of a a half step. He says at the beginning, you know, we got kind of, you know, the energy at the beginning and the booing and he goes and rightfully so, because he's trying to go, I understand we played bad and we were down four, one. He goes, he still couldn't kind of help himself at the end. Like, but I didn't want them to go to sleep quite yet. Like he's pointing out how quiet that building is all the time. And he's now scored. Okay. So I'm going to stop you because Hmm. number one, I detest Austin Matthews. I'm getting that. Okay. As a person. Okay. I don't like him. Know him personally? Uh, nope. Okay. I think he comes across um, like smarky. Like he comes across like this, I don't, I'm better than you and I know it and I'm going to try to pretend like I'm not, but I really am. And, and I'm better than you. And, and, and you know, know it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes across in this just, I want to slap the taste out of his mouth kind of way. Everything he is saying here is right. And I don't want to start liking him. So I need you to stop talking because I don't want to start liking Austin Matthews and backing up what Austin Matthews There's is saying There's nothing worse than when people you hate say something smart. Yes. <laughs> because where the Leafs have finished in the last, like you could tell me where they finished in the last four or five years up top of the standings. Yeah, 111 uh, points last year, 115 the year before. Like, right. franchise records, and then right. the crowd. And what are they now? Like, I know we're recording this before the Ottawa-Toronto game, but they're 6-4-2. Six, 6-4-2. Four and, six, four and Okay. Is anybody right now, like, legitimately, if you are, we want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Okay. I want you to call directly, and I want you to be on next week to tell me why you think the Toronto Maple Leafs are not going to make the playoffs. They look bad though, man. Dude, it's They're, the first 10 games of the season and they've everything. won six of them. Okay, so as long as you can count on Austin Matthews to score 13 goals in every 12 games, you're going to be fine. No, but the when other guys is, are going to come along. Who? 
Like Max mean, Domi who? hasn't looked good. Tyler Bertuzzi no, no. looks totally okay. lost. John Klingberg. Max is a Domi disaster. sucks. Okay? okay. Max Domi was never good before he got here. I agree. So I don't know about well, people. So, I, so my question is who's coming along? Like who's going to come along? And the top four right now, Travis Yost just did a Martin's terrific got piece. got like 17 of, points yeah, already. Yeah, Travis Yost just did a terrific piece this week on how the top four for the Leafs have never been this good over a 12 year. Like they are doing everything. Right. But all the Leafs' underlying numbers are still like forty-five percent goal expected goals, like possess, like everything. They have not been this bad since pre Matthews. But Martin, can I Elander. just suggest to any I, I, Leaf you, fan? And you here, heard me say I still think they'll make the play. Can I suggest to any Leaf fan? I'm not talking to anybody in particular, but I am sitting across and staring directly into one. Just seeing the evil in his eyes. Is it okay? <laughs> okay. Is it okay for your team to not finish? Number one, and to get into the playoffs at another number and just go along and maybe learn sure. some things along the way and get better in the second half of the year sure. so that when the playoffs start, you're a better team You'd than you were in October some, or you November. You have to have some belief that that's coming. John Klingberg has now been this for two and a half years. Like that's a, a key off, uh, 4.8, I think they gave him. Tyler Bertuzzi, I thought was a great deal. $5.5 million for. For one year, what's the risk there? That guy's going to put up, I don't know, 20, 25 goals. Okay, but what you're talking points. about right now, though, is that... And they look lost. No, man. they don't look lost. Yes, they do. Okay, Who's to you, more because league? your expectation is like 115 points. My expectation... They're on pace for under 100 this year. Okay. Oh, no, that would be so bad Dude, if they finish with... that's a bubble team me. right now. 96 points the last couple of years is a bubble team. Okay, let me put this in perspective for you. Oh, please do. 12 games they've played. I learned, I think, in the last year at being at TSN of like my 23 years not to talk over clips, no. but I spent 22 of them talking over clips. Yeah. So when you play them, I'm going to try to shut up as much as possible. <laughs> I think I did there. Yeah, you did. The Leafs have, I'm just going to, okay. okay, everybody. I'm going to let you go. Everybody stop. Yeah. The well. Leafs have played 12 games mm-hmm. so far this year. They have lost four of them in regulation. So how many of them have no, they won? Again, how many have they won? You said you were going to let me go. Yeah, but then you said you something s- stupid. No, I, I did. I just gave a stat. It wasn't even stupid. It was factual. How many have they won? It was factual. Let's Can I present finish? all the stats. I, I'm going to present all the stats. Okay. They have played 12 games as we are talking. Yes. And I know that yep. this is coming out after the yep. Toronto Ottawa game. They've played 12 games. They've lost four of them in regulation, mm-hmm. which means they've got points in eight of 12 games so far this year, and they haven't looked great. How many have they won? Are they, they've won six. Thank you. So they've won half yes. of their games. That's not, they a, haven't that's looked not an elite team. They haven't looked, but they don't need to be elite in October or November. They need to learn how to be elite in freaking April when we're going to be crucifying them when they don't play oh, well dude, in April. I'm sorry, you're not going to be welcome here in April. <laughs> No, no. I'm going to be here every day in April is what I'm going to be. Well, then I I may not be. uh, Perfect. Perfect. And I'll talk about them losing to the Panthers again. It'll be awesome. But the whole point is like you go through some of the teams like – are the Islanders good? Are Flo- is Florida good? I have no idea. Okay, but Florida's 6-4-1. The Islanders are not. But would you think Florida's going to make the playoffs? 
What did you say? The Oilers or Panthers are six four and one? Yeah. Huh. Right. Huh. Okay. Are they are they gonna make the playoffs? Are they gonna be okay? I, I don't know. Okay, my, but they my, made the Stanley Cup they, final. They're doing last it year. without their top two defensemen. Yeah, they made the Stanley Cup they're final. They're doing last it without year. their top two defensemen. They're six four and one without Ekblad and Montour. Yeah, but like well, Mont- that matters. Montreal's man. five five and Tampa two. Tampa Bay's got and, theirs. And what do you say? They were six three and one or no? They're uh, they've lost more games. They're they're six three four, and four. I think is what we said. Six Tampa. four and three or something like that. And they're doing six, it with Vasilevsky. Who are the Leafs without? Jake McCabe coming back, save the day. I'll Points ride. percentage, the Leafs are better than Tampa. Yep. Well, okay, so I, I just don't know. You're so you're so, trying to create this like weird. I'm panicked about the Leafs. I'm not panicked when in about the first the Leafs, week in November. Uh, but they're fine. But there's nothing about them that's particularly encouraging right now. I want to come back to the Matthews there's not thing. A lot, there's not a lot of discouraging mm. things, and Matthews is getting frustrated. We don't have to win every single freaking uh, see, game. See, I, I got the opposite be... from that quote about Matthews that he's getting frustrated. I think he's the opposite. I think he's saying to the fans, chill out. Like, we're fine. That's what he is but saying. But I'm not that's sure. That's what I'm saying. That... He's frustrated that the fans are actually. And he is also also throwing an elbow at the, you could stand to wake up every now and then and, and cheer for us. That was. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong about that. And that's. Don't make me cheer for Austin Matthews, please. I don't think we're in any danger of that happening. Well, he, <laughs> I'm agreeing with everything that he has said here. I don't think he has said anything wrong. In fact, all he has said is things that are right. And I don't like backing up Austin Matthews. Yeah. It's hard for me. 13 and 12, man. It's a pretty good start. Uh, these beers were a good start. What'd you think of the, uh, the final verdict on the guava pink? I, w- I would buy it again. Something Himalayan salt. Hey, if you're going to do a beer, do it right. The OBC guava and pink Himalayan salt kettle sour. Yes. Uh, I would buy it again because as it went along, it got less sour and it more did. flavorful yep. for me. Agreed. Agreed. But talking about flavor, mm. can't wait for the next one. That's it. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to go grab those. Stay there. Have you ever tried to have sex on the beach? With all that sand getting in all the crevices, all that other bullshit, sex on the beach sucks. Cut. Next drink. See, this is like one of those bullshit drinks right here. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. Oh, boy. The vodka and Kahlua? I have no idea. It's like sugary dog shit. A birthday teeny, that's appropriate. Happy birthday to whoever the hell made this drink. But it's not my birthday, so I will not finish it. Please bring me my next beverage. Is this, uh, would would this be a cosmopolitan? It's not a bad drink, I'm quite enjoying it. And I'm gonna finish it off. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I love alcohol. Let me get a taste. That's gotta be a green apple teeny. Uh, apples are good for you, so an apple teeny a day probably would keep the doctor away. And that's taken from an alcoholic standpoint of view. I'm done with this drink. I would like another, please. Thank you. This is finally a sex on the beach. This is finally a sex on the beach. I've always heard about this illustrious cocktail. Not a fan. Next drink. God damn, you might as well pour the rest of it. I would call this, give me one of those red piles of shit. Oh, a Jolly Rancher shot. These are the kind of drinks that just piss you off. A little bitch like this, if you put it in a frilly glass and put a couple of little umbrellas in there, probably set you back 10 bucks. For what? 
a case of sugar diabetes and no buzz, that drink. Now, if y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass if y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Back in, couple new pints. We'll go one at a time here, obviously. We're, we got to start with the one you brought today because that is the one uh, that has my attention right now. <laughs> has my attention too. Yeah. And to go back to our earlier discussion, I'm still like jacked up about how sustainable this will be. Because you also just went back to my second fucking fridge. <laughs> This is going to become a problem. No, it's not because listen to the beer that I brought. Yeah. And if you don't think I can continually find things like this, you're dead wrong. Okay. So we are going to split. Mm-hmm. With two straws. <laughs> hoping for one. <laughs> but uh, I actually went out of my way to talk nice things about Cowbell yeah. Brewery because I like it. And I didn't expect to find this. Because I'd only seen it in kind of the mixed packs before, but I found it individually mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to bring one of these. Okay. So from Cowbell Brewing, this is a creme brulee nitro stout. Yes. Creme brulee nitro stout. I've never had it. No idea what it tastes like, but damn, am I excited to find out. <laughs> The percentage on that one got that, or is it it's still too dark in here? We'll get, we got a nice spotlight. Nope. 5.5. 5. There you go. Okay. So I'm looking forward to this one as well. Look at that. That oh, nitro stout. It sound. had the nitro stout. So let me pour yours first because I'm excited. Little, uh... Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Oh, and it pours. Bring on the nitro girls. Yes, very nicely. <laughs> well, one of them's married to Shawn Michaels. I did know that. And the other is... Whisper, I think, was her name, wasn't uh, it? Could, could be. Um, the other... For sure her real name. Yeah. <laughs> and the other is... Or one of the others... Divorced from Diamond Dallas Page. After she felt the bang, it was time to go. Kimberly Page. Yeah. Okay, so... Cowbell Creme Brulee... You can smell that. You can smell it? Oh, yeah. That's going to be gorgeous. Are you going to like it? Yeah. Okay. Perhaps a little too much. <laughs> well, I know where they are. I can go back and get them, which is good. 12 or 18 of them. <laughs> but I have found some different stuff. I'm excited. I have not taken a sip because I'm excited to just watch and. Yeah. I'm going to have to turn my back here for a second. Yeah. Safe under the table though, I guess. <laughs> okay. This is an exciting beer. Um. Yeah, man. It's a little cold. I should tell the good listener. I guess I don't have to tell the good listener, but I will tell the good listener. When you arrived, I threw it in the freezer because uh, it was warm. So it's got just one or two little ice chips in there. We got there just in time. But I usually like ice chips in my beer. Okay. Now for so again, nitro this, stouts, probably, probably not, not the no. optimal way to go, but I would prefer, and what I do, I said I was going to come in with a bunch of hacks. I did my McDonald's hack on the way here too. Um, it completely confused the person that was trying to understand about giving my Just an old radio hack coming in here with his life hacks. Yeah. But my second hack, mm-hmm. and this is one that I think even if half the people listening do this all the time, if the other half don't, you should be doing this. I enjoy my beers very cold when mm-hmm. I drink them. Stouts aside, all other beers, probably as cold as you can get them without them being ice. Okay. So when I'm ready to have a beer at home, 
I don't just go into the fridge and get a beer. It's like half an hour before I go, okay, I'm ready now to have a beer. So I will go into the fridge. I will take a paper towel. I will uh, wet the paper towel. The paper towel. Wrap it around. Wrap it around. It, I will put, put it, in, it the in the freezer. And half an hour it's a later. a college hack. Yeah, but okay. I don't care where it came Coming from. home from it, the beer store. It and... makes me very happy to drink the beer <laughs> half an hour later when it's like on the cusp of if I left it in 10 or 15 more minutes, it would be you don't, sludge, you, you ice. Don't, you don't want to just leave some beers in the fridge and- No. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. So this is what I do for every one of my beers. Um, so what do you think of the creme brulee nitro? I'm enjoying set? it quite a bit. It's got it, uh, yeah, like even when you go to take your first swig on oh, it there or whatever, good. yeah, you get the, the smell right up front. It's exactly what it's promising to be. I should let, uh, should let the good listeners, speaking of old radio hacks, yeah. on uh, Friday, Steve Bunda on the podcast. Big weekend in the UFC. Well, he is a hack. I'll UFC 295 in New York City. Uh, plus tons of talk on, uh, on the Francis and Ganu boxing match that he just had with Tyson Fury and how well he fared in that. These are often kind of freak shows. And so you're not sure how to, how seriously to take it, but Ngannou looked pretty good. Uh, and Dana White did just unveil the next, uh, three main events to start 2024 as well. Um, so Bundo will be in here to talk some fights and whatever else is on his mind. Okay. And, uh, next week, Chris Hoffley will, uh, will return. He was supposed to be in a week or so ago. Uh, he was going to fill in for a canceling AJ Jackie Beck and then he canceled too. So <laughs> he'll make that up next week. I don't want to even start about AJ and Chris Hoffley canceling in the same week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens, right? The fun of being an indie show. <laughs> How do you like the uh, creme brulee? As you said, lots of, lots of smell. Like it's got that flavor before you even yep. taste it. Yep. It just smells terrific. And then to me, as you Mine said. a candle. As you said last week, when you are drinking a beer and a beer promises to be something different, promises to be something that's not the usual form. Yeah. It's okay if you're a lager or an ale or whatever, like a Pilsner but when you're a creme brulee nitro stout and the can is purple and it's got a big picture of a, a creme brulee dish yeah. on it, we'll creme brulee is on one of my Instagram favorite desserts. Audio. Is that okay? And I love it, but it's it's rich. It's yeah. it's a lot of flavor. This so beer is rich. When I'm buying this, <laughs> I want this to be close to a creme brulee. Right. I'm disappointed when it's not. I think you told the Nanaimo. Yep. It wasn't. It was a fine stout, but it was not an Nanaimo bar stout, and that was a bummer. Right. So if you didn't tell me and you just handed it over to me- Here, try this stout. Would I have known that it was a Nanaimo stout? No. Right. I got a pretty good indication that most people would know that this is close to a creme brulee. Yeah, for sure. And that's important. And I like my sweet beers. So shout out to to Cowbell. Yep. And the other thing about, and I don't know if you find this, I said this before about Cowbell, I find their stuff very crisp. Yeah. Clean. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. The Blue Jays have spent this week down at the GM meetings, and there's a couple pieces of news. Nothing like earth shattering, but interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one being that uh, my buddy, 
Guillermo Martinez has been re-upped. He Guillermo, will, my man, the guy that you were willing to put all the blame on. 100% still am. Yeah. Uh, he was. Well, uh, they, they aren't. They aren't. And so he is not being let go. He will return in the same position as uh, Blue Jays hitting coach. Uh, Don Mattingly, who was the bench coach last year, and he actually was interviewing, I believe it was for the Milwaukee Brewers job uh, mm-hmm. as a manager. So... Like most places, they won't stand in his way if he can leave for a promotion, but if he's not given a manager's job somewhere else, he'll be back as Blue Jays bench coach, but also as what they're calling basically an offensive coordinator. And I guess this stems a little bit from him being what what Ross Atkins called over-the-top respectful of the existing hitting coach and like not wanting to step on anybody's toes. Mm -hmm. This would give him the authority to step in and and work with... uh, you know, your hitters and, you know, when you talk offensive coordinator, I guess you're talking hitting strategy and base stealing and like all encompassing. And so, um, he'll be back in, in that role. Um, you are going to see, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, I believe, sorry, Whit Merrifield yeah. has opted out. He's gone. We haven't yet heard a lot of these moves won't happen until later, but you have other free agents. A lot of them. Uh, you know, haven't made their decisions yet. Jordan Hicks hasn't made a decision yet. Uh, it sounded like Matt Chapman was there meeting with other teams personally. Uh, so I can't imagine he's going to be back. Uh, they did. Jay say that he's a priority. Well, they did lock in uh, Chad Green, which was interesting. That was a fairly convoluted set of options, whatever. But he will be back for two years. Yeah, and. You know, his first outing of the year wasn't great, but he was pretty solid the rest of the way. So I think you're reasonably confident. Like that guy's yep. pitched at a leverage for the Yankees multiple times. You're, you're comfortable with that. But yep. yeah, it, it's interesting to see how this is going. Uh, you know, Atkins also said, you know, upon reflection of the press conference I had, I wish I had taken more response. Because everyone's reaction was that Atkins had thrown John Schneider yep. under the bus and backed over him numerous times. He kind of came out and said this time, I wish I'd have taken more responsibility for that. So there's some some bits and bites here, man. Anything that jumps out at you as surprising? Uh, not surprising. I actually like a lot of the moves with Mattingly and your man Guillermo. Um, I'm going to put the onus on the players, you know, the guys that are the athletes and making millions of dollars and not some hitting coach as the reason why they lost. Don Mattingly being kept to me is like super important from the way that they've talked about him. The fact that he didn't go elsewhere, I think, you know, with John Schneider and what they're going to do with him, they better perform or else Mattingly is going to be the next manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Is, and, is there anything to the okay idea with of that. putting Don Mattingly sort of above Guillermo Martinez, but sort of underneath John Schneider, but like, I guess when you say you're creating an offensive coordinator, which is not a term you hear mm-hmm. in baseball, is that a, are they taking some of that off of Schneider's plate? Would you read it that way? No, I would read it that it was pretty important to do something to keep Don Mattingly in the fold and have him have a role and a voice that matters. Hmm. And I mean, I think if he approached last season and didn't step on any toes and was ultra respectful with what he has been through and all of the things that he can bring to an organization. If I'm the Toronto Blue Jays, I want to keep Don Mattingly at all costs. 
And if John Schneider is my guy, and and Schneider clearly went to bat, like the pun intended, yeah. But he went to bat for the rest of the management, so they're going to keep Schneider around. But Schneider's going to have to win, and he's either going to win with Don Mattingly by his side helping him, and it's going to be a great team, or he's not going to win, and Don Mattingly is going to be the new manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Either way, yeah, it sort of feels like they're trying to promote Don Mattingly, but not to manager, right? Like you're. Right, giving him a little more something. Yep. Does this new OC thing come with a pay increase? Yeah, Does but that... it, uh, more importantly, I think for the players, the management sees Don Mattingly as an important piece to be around. And if I'm the player, that's what I care about. I really don't care. Like, I know who the manager is. I know. It's like, even in hockey, I've had so many players tell me, the head coach is the head coach and you know he's the head coach and you listen to him and you 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 have a good relationship with him but the everyday you know hours upon hours of work that you are are with the other people yeah with the assistant coaches it that's the relationships that the people have and if a lot of the Toronto Blue Jays have those relationships with Don Mattingly I'm here for that and I hope they are too and that's an important piece for you to keep. I don't care what you call him. John Schneider knows if he doesn't win, he's going to be fired anyway. I don't care that Don Mattingly's behind you or not. Yeah, it, to me, it's interesting that you're more looking at this as a Mattingly on up to Schneider, whereas I'm looking at it as more Mattingly on down to, and maybe this is my infatuation with Guillermo Martinez and whatever. But like it, it's to me, they're trying to give him permission to step on those toes. A, a level down. Well, why Here's do you your care, hitting strategy. Why do you care about Guillermo your... Martinez so much? Let's just start here because you and I already had the Guillermo Martinez yeah, argument. I know. So, I... so let me just say this: those we we've talked about it before. The press conferences after the season universally regarded as disasters. Right? Did not go particularly well. If you're desperate for a PR win and your team didn't hit for shit for PR alone, are you not willing to cut loose the? the hitting coach and just go, yeah, we get it. It wasn't good. We'll bring in somebody else. Like to me, that's an easy win. Settles your fans a little, settles the media a little, and just says, we get it. Because right now, everybody's back. President's back, GM's back, manager's back. But I'm a fan. Bench coach is back. Pitching coach is back. Hitting coach. I'm not done telling you everybody who's back. Everyone is back from a disastrous season. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess we'll just assume it'll be fine next year. Yeah, I think teams get better. I think they improve. This I think, one's getting worse. I think consistency is important. Don Mattingly is an important cog of the wheel. Sure. I, I don't know why you, like, I'm a fan. I, I don't know that I'm part of the media being on a show with you, but <laughs> okay. You want to call me that? Sure. I, I'm not on Guillermo Martinez. It's not a win for me if Guillermo Martinez is fired or not. I, I put the onus on the players and if, Don Mattingly and Guillermo Martinez and John Schneider all get Here's, together. If they all get to, it all back. No, but if they all get together and they can't get these guys going again, then I guess it's time to let them all go. Then we've wasted another season. I'm willing to go with John Schneider and Don Mattingly one, two. Okay. And Guillermo Martinez. Got Guillermo as your number three. Yeah. <laughs> number three. I'm willing to go there because I think that's a group that has consistency. They have a lot of respect for. You don't think somebody should have paid a price here. Yeah, Ross Atkins should have okay. paid a price. See, I'd be fine with that. If you were making a change at GM, you'd go, 
they, the organization has acknowledged that there were issues here. This was not put together very well and it, we need some turnover, but to just, if he's not going and we're just bringing everybody back, I, I don't know why you would believe that it's going to be different next year. Because half the players are going to be different. You just told me about Whit yeah, Merrifield like and, and Chapman and Jordan Hicks. Kiermaier and like Jordan Brendan Hicks. And, Belt. Yeah, like half the roster is going to be different. But the same guy's bringing them back. And then the same guy's going to. Oh, so you just want to change everyone. Maybe I, we'll just change every single person on every single team. I and, just and told we'll be you better. if Guillermo Martinez, like if, if Ross Atkins was let go, then Guillermo Martinez can stay. Someone has to go. There has to be someone taking some responsibility for what just happened. And I'm surprised. I'm, we're a couple more weeks removed from the hurt of the, that playoff round. I've calmed down a little on Guillermo <laughs> Martinez. I know it doesn't Guillermo seem- Martinez's name has never been mentioned this much on any <laughs> podcast ever in the world. So he's very happy that you're mentioning his name a hundred million times. As like the number three or four or five guy as a yeah, coach I, in the but organization. I, but I'm mentioning him as the number one problem. I'm not sure he's going to love that. But he's that. not the number I, one so, problem. Fair enough. But I'm saying someone's head has to roll. And they're going, nope, we're bringing it all back. And whoever we bring in mm-hmm. to be our new everyday whatever, left fielder yeah. or, because I assume. So if they make move. a trade or, or do something. So heavy it will be deep. Atkins making the trade. And everyone says they don't like the Varsho trade and they don't, we didn't like okay, the but if Oscar they, trade. And if they do something, mm-hmm. well, the Springer trade. Springer was a free agent. Free agent. It's just money. Yeah. But bringing guys in. Yep. I think when I'm willing to give, I guess, the brass, the benefit of the doubt that half the roster is going to turn over and it's up to them to. So let me say his name one more time. Guillermo Martinez aside, are you surprised Surprised, right or wrong, mm-hmm. even if you expected it to happen but wouldn't have agreed with it, are you surprised that we're bringing everybody back? No. At the management side, at the coaching side, no. we're doing it all over again. Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to look up exactly how many games before I say this. How many games has John Schneider managed in the major league? Season and a half. Okay. Um, this is not DJ Smith, who's been the coach for going into his sixth year. There's a difference, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not interested in firing John Schneider if he's okay. just a puppet from for management, right? Like if he's the guy in front, then firing the guy pulling the strings makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, and so they promoted Don Mattingly. Sort of, yeah. Not sort of, they did. Okay. Okay. He's going to do the exact same So job. am I okay with a guy that has managed for a year and a half? <laughs> so not players... only are they not firing anybody, they're promoting people. Like, yeah, this was great. Let's, you, you deserve a raise. Do you think Don Mattingly is a good baseball guy? Yeah, I think take him or leave him. I don't care. Okay, I think, you're higher on on, on I, than I am. I think more of him than that. Okay, so if you was going, if you were going to let him manage, I would have more time for this discussion. But as long as he's the bench coach, then whatever. No, he's the offensive oh, he's, coordinator. <laughs> I, I've forgotten what an important position offensive okay, coordinator. I follow is the Cowboys. The, yeah. No, no, I follow the D- Dallas Cowboys. Okay, please do not tell me you're about to compare offensive coordinators across sports in a sport where one has never existed before. The Boston Red Sox created the captaincy in baseball. Yep. Jason Veritek. Right. It didn't exist before that. But it probably did. No one just had a C on their on their right. sweater. Yeah. Like there, everyone knew the leader. Yep. So offensively, I'm guessing that everyone knows who the leader is. And if that's Don Mattingly, 
I don't care that you're now calling him an offensive coordinator. I don't, I don't care what his title is. Is he the guy? It's just an invented promotion. God, to a position we didn't have. God, you are sour today. Like today, the, <laughs> the Toronto me, Blue Jays kept You're on new. Mattingly yeah. within their organization. Yeah, but I wouldn't have really cared if he left for the Brewers or whatever. Okay, I would. Yeah, and that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, I would. They kept him. I think that's a good. So why thing. didn't they just name him like coordinator of Happy Fun Good Times? Like, who gives a shit? It's a made up position that doesn't matter. Like, all, all call matters, him whatever you want. Fine. All that offensive is, guru, offensive sure. hitting czar, and then tell him you can step on whoever's toes you need to. Just go talk. Do to Do I guys. want Don Mattingly in my organization to be a part of the team? Yeah, it sounds like you do. I do. Yeah, I'm indifferent. Why? I'm not saying it's a disaster. Why is that a bad thing? Saying, I, yeah, no. you're saying indifferent, but you're yeah. fired up about Guillermo Martinez. I'm not indifferent to that. I got offensive stars who suddenly can't hit when they arrive in Toronto. Let's blame them. They take batting practice. They go over the video. They get paid millions of dollars. If they don't perform, let's blame them. So if you and I are sitting here, and this is highly questionable, you and I are sitting here doing this show together in in one year. Highly questionable. (laughs) We're still doing this. If Matt Chapman has finished up a season with, who gives a shit? The Minnesota Twins, and is has hit two sixty two, mm-hmm. and uh, Belt has gone to I don't know Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and he's hit well, and Merrifield has sort of found his stroke again a little bit. At that point, will you go? Okay, there might be something to the hitting coach if problem all, in Toronto. If all three of them, yeah, go somewhere else and they haven't improved their own, and if all three of them go somewhere and do improve. And but do hit better. To me, it depends on who they okay. have in All right. that are going to, like, if there are guys hitting 300 for them, I don't care what Whit Merrifield's doing elsewhere. Okay. Now, if Whit Merrifield's hitting 300 and guys that they brought in are hitting 260, yeah, now I care. Okay. Uh, I don't know what else to make of of the fact that that Atkins, is it reflection or is it feedback? that has had him go out and say, yeah, those things I said at the press conference, I wish I'd have taken more accountability. What do you make of that? I always try to put a lot of credence into what people are like the first time when they've had a lot of time to sit back and think about it. I rarely think it's, man, I regret that more than a lot of people getting in their ear going. I'm the same you screwed up and you're going to fix this and we're going to let some time pass. And the next time you even speak. If it, even if it isn't someone else, it's you sitting back going, I know I fucked that up. Right. What's the, I have three, four weeks now to sit down yeah. and craft a better soulless there's message. A, there's emotion. Mm-hmm. And then there's, that's who you are. And now you've had lots of time to try and fix the perception of who you are. Yeah. Uh, I need to see it. From Ross Atkins, and I, I I could care less what he says right now because what I think of Ross Atkins is the guy sitting up right after the season and the deplorable yeah. press conference that they had. So as a fan, I'm like, okay, whatever he says now, I don't believe him. I need to see through action. He still had to do it, but I don't believe him. Agre- yeah. Ag- agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, glad he changed his tone, glad he's coming around. But I don't believe him, so right. I need to see that yeah. from 
his actions and people that he's bringing in to make this team better because that's all I care about as a fan. I want the team to be better. And the way I heard him after the year didn't give me a lot of confidence that that was going to happen. No. So him speaking is never going to change my mind now. Now I need to see it. Yeah. No, that's about where I'm at with it as well. And look, I've been hard on him. He built himself basically through free agency, a pretty good pitching staff, right? Like all of that was not homegrown. So you can read that however you want, right? The Jays haven't built enough starting pitching depth from within their organization, but they did put together the best rotation in baseball last year through free agency. He deserves credit for that. The defense, he said, I'm going to make our defense better. And it was better. It was elite. The Jays had three Golden Glove nominee uh, yeah. winners this year. Um, now, maybe at the expense of the offense a little bit. But So he has his strengths. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at, at this point, let's see what this offseason looks like and, and see what he's uh, ready to change. They've been on the cusp for a while. You got to take that step. Yeah. I want to see it. I, don't, it feel I don't, like that 2021 team that didn't make the playoffs was the best of the group despite yeah. the last two making the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you worry a little bit. The window's not closed, but your best shot might have passed by. We'll see what that shakes out to, to look like. I know we got one more beer to get to before we talk uh, something else on my, our uh, our agenda here on the baseball front. What else we got in front of you there? So from Bridge Masters, which is out in Perth, uh, we've had before, I think you had the raspberry hibiscus. That's correct. And I have had... Uh, a cherry lime hmm. from them as well. They have a batch series that they go through. Right. Uh, this is called Bridge to Bavaria. It is a 5.8% Marzen. Nice. I like that. We're sort of an Oktoberfest thing. We're a little bit past that. It but... reads like this. This 16th century Bavarian style <laughs> lager. Oh, it's is been it, sitting in there for a while. It's a true while. True taste of history. Our Bridge to Bavaria promotes flavors of toast, biscuit, and caramel with German Tettinger hops providing a spicy, dry finish. While this recipe may have evolved over the years, one thing has stayed the same. It's always best. Share it among friends. Oh. Prost. Okay. Well, I'll find somebody else to drink this with and we'll... Uh... <laughs> You're the only one laughing. <laughs> so I'm going to pour my own first. Oh, boy. Yeah. I often am. All my best material is enjoyed by me. And yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't disagree no. so. uh, with most of my material. That's what I get told. Anyway. Right. So we're two cut from the same cloth and I appreciate that. Right. Appreciate it. This is, uh, I'm excited for this one. I, I like a, a Marzen. A Marzen? Marzen? I think it's called a Marzen, but I, I I've stand, heard it argued both ways. Yeah, I stand to be correct. Yeah, I don't that. have a solid position. I feel on this. like I should have pre- presented the Marzen first and had the creme brulee for that's, dessert. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Feels like we should have gone that way. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but we didn't, and I was just <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yeah. All I know is that we've had a Marzen, a creme brulee nitro stout, and a pink Himalayan guava, Himalayan guava salt. salt kettle sour. Yes. Now that's an episode. It's been a wild day. That's an Plenty episode. Plenty diverse. Right? There, right? Um, while you're sipping on that for the first time, or is it your first time? Have you had this one before? I've had it before, but I haven't had it in a while. So. Oh, it is. It is a little biscuity. I like that. With a little hint of creme brulee. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is at the bottom of the glass that yeah. we, we just used. Yeah. But it does have that kind of toast. Yeah. Toasty, biscuity. I like that. Caramel. It doesn't lie in in what it says. Uh, Joey Votto this weekend was informed will not be brought back by the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I saw his video. His oh. Three and a half minute video. Oh, Joey. Everyone's just so sentimental for you being an average player your whole life. Oh, my God. It's the most what insane-ass thing you've ever said on this podcast. Is it? I don't know. It's quite a list. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. So he, he, he was he's better than average, but he has never done anything to vault his team. Like You mean like that time he won MVP? And his team did what? Yeah, that time he won MVP. Yeah, his yeah. team did what? Yeah. They did with the Cincinnati Reds pretty often too. He was told on Saturday by the Reds, we are not picking up your $20 million option, which is uh, fair based on his numbers. He's no longer a $20 million player. He hit 202 last year. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, no. Uh, not, not great. So It's right around $20 million, right? <laughs> Well, I don't know. That's what Matt Chapman's about to get for not dissimilar numbers may on. Yeah. Um, but he is a left-handed bat. He no, is no a, is the answer if you're going to ask me a question. No. He is a Canadian. No. Stop. Don't go down this road. DH slash, slash first base slash probably bench player at this point. He is 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Should the Blue Jays no. consider no. in the Brendan Belt uh, vein, right, in that similar position, should they consider bringing home for one final season or one in an option, something like that? Yeah. Joey Votto. If he is a coach, absolutely. <laughs> Hitting coach. Fuck you, Martin. Okay. You Guillermo, you're gone. <laughs> I'd be I'd be okay with that. Okay. If Joey Votto wants to work in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, I am here for that. I think he would be an absolutely wonderful mentor to the players. He should not still be playing. When you go through, and look, I, I'm not bringing in Joey Votto either as my everyday DH. Everyday anything. Picking up, you know, Vlad at first. He's not no. a capable defender anymore either. He, he was never terrific defensively, mm-hmm. uh, Joey Votto. But the days of him even being capable defensively at that position are over. But our buddy Nick Ashbourne over at uh, Yahoo put in an interesting article this week, and he speculated that if he was interested in, and I needed to go back and look this up, but in the Jason Giambi uh, role that he had both in Colorado and then I think in Pittsburgh was the second team. I could be, And I don't remember Giambi playing for either of those two teams. But for the last two years of his career, he came in, wasn't a starter, was a bench bat, was still capable of hitting with some power. Uh, his strikeout numbers were concerningly high as Votto's are going to be as he continues to, to age here. And that's already started. But if he was interested in just, if, if he knew like the belt thing, you were stuck. Brendan belt was your DH or your first baseman. That's what you were going to do. He was a regular player. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be Votto at that level as that last bat, a left-handed bat off the bench. I might be interested in that, but he's got to know he's going to get paid like that. This isn't going to be a $12 million homecoming. You know, if he wanted to play for a year in Toronto and was willing to be part of the the bench, like the deepest part of the bench, but also a mentor, right? You're talking about him working for the team. This okay, would be, so here's what you're asking me. Yeah. For a million dollars, would you bring... Uh, maybe in, four million, sure. For a million dollars, okay. would you bring in Joey Votto 
it's somehow saying a million is like a bargain basement. Like he's getting well, baseball five, numbers are crazy. Five. I don't care. Yeah. Joey Votto. I'm going to look up his career earnings. I think he'll be okay. Um, he would be okay. That video you're talking about that he announces or you know gives his thanks to Cincinnati. Yeah. Pretty clearly sitting in a Muskoka chair there up in uh, just north of Toronto. Look, I like him. Yeah. Um, I'm not disparaging him. I think a lot has been made if he wasn't Canadian that more, like he wouldn't be as looked at. Like we look at him like he's this baseball god. He He's performed very well. He's, you know, in the video he talked about, you know, being 18 and, you know, getting drafted and moving to the United States and and the culture and welcoming to Cincinnati and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The guy's been a, a really good player. He's not like one of the best of all time, no, guys. No, no, but but this would be similar to Pujols, wouldn't it? His return to St. Louis last year. Yes. Yeah. So if you bring him in for like a million or two, and he's the, your last player on your bench, and he is there to mentor and hit occasionally. Yeah. I could go for that, but if he's not doing as much mentoring or coaching as he is playing, then I'm not here for that. Joey Votto could be an instrumental part of where the Blue Jays are going in the future, but to me, he has to realize that. If he doesn't, if yeah. he thinks he can come in to be... No, if somebody else is willing to say, you'll be, you'll play three or four times a week for us, that's not Toronto. He's got to go there. Correct. Right? Like he, if his... If he still thinks he's an everyday or almost everyday kind of guy. And maybe he doesn't. And and sure. if he doesn't, then if he wants to be the guy for literally a million bucks, like he's Do you not- remember the Jason Giambi era that I'm talking about? Yep. Because I didn't. It was Nick's article. Where, was like, where did where? you say he played? It was Colorado yeah. for sure. So and I, then I can't remember. It was somewhere Pittsburgh, in the central. I thought it was Pittsburgh. I could be wrong on that. Okay. Right? So I remember him in Colorado. I yeah. don't remember him in Pittsburgh. Or... And essentially, he just sat at the end of the bench. He would talk to guys, work through some things, and he still had some power in his bat. If, you know, in the bottom of the eighth, you're down by three and a base hit doesn't help you. You need somebody to go deep. Yeah. Then he would come off the bench and occasionally it would work. Like, I have time for that argument for Joey Votto in Toronto. How much do you think he made in his career? Votto? Yeah. I don't know. He was MVP in 2010. So you assume not long after that he was making 20, 40, 60, 150 million. How about 242 million? <sighs> yeah. US. So you think he should uh, probably Well, if he's coming probably, to Canada. Probably just play for the mill in Toronto. If, if he's yeah. coming to Canada and he has all that money, yeah. it's $400 million. Yeah, true enough. Okay? Yeah. So uh, $1 million, $2 million, <laughs> $4 million. I, I don't. I know what you're saying. Don't really care. Uh, he could buy everybody a hot dog on Toonie Tuesday. I think so. him not taking away from the organization but wanting to give to the organization, if he wants to do that, I am here for that. Now, here, I want him here's to be the a, argument against. I, the I want case him I'm to making. be a part of it, but your case, you, you, what you have right now in, like the name that stands out to me that being in the biggest way of this, and it's not because they play the same position, is Kirk. Yeah. How often do you need a guy who does nothing but run because you have pin, uh, you have Kirk out there on second base mm-hmm. in a big moment? Yeah. Maybe you need that spot for someone who's totally agree. Just Darwin Barney. Right? No, <laughs> He's just there and, and Kirk's over. bat is really good. So it can be, yeah. I until this year, yeah. I actually had probably the most faith in his bat as opposed to anybody. That's fair, yeah. In terms of making than, some contact, other than Bichette, yep. Like Bichette yep. is right there. Of but 
going into this year, I was like, if Bichette or Kirk are up to bat, I have as much hope as I do with anybody at, at the plate. That's fair. Now, this year dwindled a little bit for Kirk. I hope he can get back to that. But you're right. He presents that dilemma yeah. that he needs another guy yeah. in a big spot to run. And because like George Springer's cl- getting older, like, do you need to keep someone who's going to defend for him now and then? Like, I'm yep. not sure if you do. I, I'm just, I'm saying in that role, I would be interested in Joey Votto if you can make it work in your team Correct. dynamic based on. But no, in terms of bringing him in as Brendan Belt and having him play no. five, six times no, a week, no, no, no you can't no. do it. I don't think you can risk it. But the knowledge that he can provide and the guy that he is, and I'm kind of making fun of him sarcastically, um, I like that he's an emotional guy. I think he could provide a lot to the organization, mm-hmm. but he better not be playing every day. That's yeah. all. Like if he's around mentoring, that can be invaluable to a assistant lot of offensive guys. coordinator. Now we're talking. <laughs> There's an assistant general manager in a lot of sports. Yes, assistant coordinator. No, super but what happy did they call times. it um, in football? Oh yeah, the, like there's the uh, offensive quality control, <laughs> right? Like, what does somebody that's a coach of the quality control? What do they do? I don't know. Control. I've quality, been around. I I've see. been around sports for yeah. like all my life. What's the quality control coach? I have no idea. It sounds like a made up role so that we can just get him in to help with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Joey Votto. Blue Jays quality quali- control. Just Blue Jays quality control. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to get to on this one, man? Well, there's a lot I want to get to. I hosted a, a trivia night um, for an under 13 girls um, Nepean Wildcats night on Saturday night. One of the questions that I asked, I was the MC and the host of the trivia. Yeah. One of the trivia questions I asked, I thought was really easy. I got hell for this. Uh-oh. What current wrestler? You asked thirteen-year-old girls about wrestling. No, no, the girls were it, the parents were there. Oh, it was. Well, what a, do I know? I'm, you said it was for the thirteen. I did. Wild but it was cats, a trivia so. night to like raise money and okay. auction off, and it was all the parents that were. There. All right, all right. Um, the girls were not there. Okay, but so it was like people. I was going to say my age, but maybe younger. <laughs> Damn it! How do they have thirteen-year-old kids and they're man, younger yeah. than me? Um, what current wrestler also, or is from Winnipeg, that also is the lead singer of a rock band that also has a father named Ted Irvine that played for the New York Rangers in the National Hockey League? See, I know that. Why'd you get in shit for it? It's Chris Jericho. Why did I get in shit for it? Yeah. Why? Great question. Like, I'm telling you. Now, I'm a wrestling nerd, so maybe, maybe it is a little too... On the nose, like lead singer Fozzy. It's not like that's a massive rock band. No, it's not. So, but, I don't, so, so did anybody get it? I think four of the twelve no, tables. If people got it, if somebody got it, then it wasn't an unreasonable question at trivia night. If four out of twelve, a third of the people got it right, nobody else gets to give you shit just because they don't know. My biggest problem. Take that, you thirteen-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, it was stop whining. It wasn't the thirteen-year-old girls. <laughs> well, you know what it was. And I mean this like very seriously. Mm-hmm. When you go to those trivia nights, the whole idea is to put your phones away. Yeah. Right? You can't have your phones out. You tell now, people. What's the fun of Googling it? Well, you can't, 
you tell people phones are not allowed. Yeah. They're not allowed. You got to put them away. But every question you ask, somebody like pulls yeah. it right out of their pocket. Yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me. And they hold their phones up. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you the under 13 girls or <laughs> are you the parents? My TikTok says you're wrong, sir. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Man, did that bother me. Um, <laughs> also, I know we've been over this before, mm-hmm. but I do want to bring up. So in the NFL, it was a big weekend. There were some great games. Dallas and Philadelphia played, and the Eagles won, and good for them. Yep. Um, they were the better team. Dallas made some mistakes. Very, very small mistakes, but they made some mistakes. It's a great game, though. It was a, it was a fun game for people to watch. Mm-hmm. Can we please, folks? This is not a complaint because I just said Philadelphia deserved to win. I'm glad Dallas got the opportunity to go to Philadelphia and almost win because they made some mistakes themselves. But is it okay? that we just put in some rules in the NFL like exist in other sports where we're able to take a step back. I told you I was going to do this every podcast and I might do it every podcast. The common sense review of, so Dallas is penalized because at the four yard line, they had an ineligible guy that didn't report that put on their offensive line. Okay. Okay. Yeah, if an extra lineman comes in, they always have to report as eligible because they can catch a pass. Dak Prescott literally went to the official and asked him and reported the guy. They got a penalty because they didn't report him. They didn't score a touchdown. They kicked a field goal. Like, when we review this and the guy said, yeah. When he's reporting it, and he did report it. Or when we can just review when the Cowboys didn't score a touchdown because it was deemed down at the half-yard line because the guy got tackled beforehand. And when you go back to the video, and the guy's literally tackling the receiver while the ball is in the air. <laughs> no wonder he fell half a yard short because he got tackled before the ball got there. Right. It's okay to just... And I don't mean this from a Dallas perspective because it happens all over the NFL all the time. Early in the game, the Cowboys got to the, or sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles got fourth and three, which got marked at two yards ahead, which was a fourth and one. Well, they have that brotherly shove. I don't know if you've seen the play, but they all go forward. Tush, push. Tush, push, and they can't stop them. But it was very clear from one replay that the ball should have been marked. Brotherly shove is hilarious, by the way. I know. (laughs) Because it's Philadelphia. Brother shove. Yeah. (laughs) It is hilarious. But, But my whole point is that how come it's not okay to just correct it? When they showed the replay, it was clearly the guy was down two yards before that. Right. And I'm not saying from a Dallas perspective, I would have liked, I just want the right call. When I'm watching a game and you show me a replay and the guy's down two yards behind where they're actually <laughs> marking him, I just want you to put the ball back there and let's move on. I don't care who it benefits. Just get it right. 
Why can't we just call down and go, okay, we've wa- actually watched it on replay. It's two yards previous to Like in to hockey that. when you've played like two and a half minutes and then the horn goes, like, yeah, that went in, right? The, the puck went in and we just wind it back and, and start over, right? Like, it's okay. Someone reviewed that. That was a goal. Let's. Folks, I just want you to make sure that you are taking this in as the best point that Matt has been on this podcast, the greatest point that he Go has made. fuck yourself. Can't believe I talked over Christian. Play it again. You had to know it was coming. You I were did. ripping saw, the shit out I saw he played again. Go fuck yourself. The best point that Matt's made the entire podcast, and he waits till the end. Uh, quickly, before we wrap up, <laughs> East and West Finals in the CFL, who do you like? I like... Man, it's you know when you have teams that you see that are flawed, but you present them to people. They're sixteen and two; they never lose. It's tough to come up with any reason why someone should tell you that Montreal will beat Toronto. Yeah, I think they can. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. I don't think Toronto's as good as people are saying. But if it's my last 10 bucks, I'm probably putting it on the air. I, I worry a little about the inactivity around Toronto's top guys. Cause you had the bye week. And then in that last they, week, you're not really playing. I know they, for six weeks, they haven't played. Yeah. But the Eastern final is not a lot of teams win the Eastern final on the road. They just don't. Um, and I'm happy to see the success in ticket sales. Like I think they're up over 24,000 now. Uh, at BMO for the Argos. That's yeah. a, I think a seven year high, they said. Yeah. Uh, so good for those guys. Like they're coming out, fans are supporting it. You put a good product on the field, people go. So, so you're uh, the Grey Cup champions. You're hosting the Eastern final this year. You've been dominant. Uh, the fact that AJ. It's a good time to stub your toe and fall over. Yeah, Is that what it, you're it, about to say? I was going to say AJ Olette's a wrestler <laughs> in Toronto and their star running back. Right. He, he looks more like a wrestler than a running back. Um, <laughs> I don't like cheering for teams from Toronto, but I do want them to do well. So if it's a packed house and they do well and they get to the Grey Cup, yeah. the Grey Cup's in Hamilton and it looks, I think I already looked ahead to the weather forecast and I think that day they're saying 15 in Hamilton, nice. um, which is fantastic, right? 100%. Um, I don't love the fact that BC's going to Winnipeg and that, it's going to be cold and windy and maybe snowy and yeah, all, all of that Winnipeg. stuff. <laughs> I know. It was like, that's what happened in September, let alone November, right? Um, that one I have, I think BC is better on a neutral field than Winnipeg. I just don't know if they can go in there and, and win. Yeah. So um, I'd love to see Toronto and Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. Because Winnipeg was the better team last year, and they got beat by a that's right, a very inferior Argos team. And I, I'd love a chance to see their revenge sure. for that. But I think BC has a better chance of upsetting Winnipeg than I do Montreal upsetting Toronto. So, well, I, I'll t- I got that flipped only because of the weather things that you've forecasted here. I think Toronto, Montreal, look, Toronto's the better team by a significant margin, but Montreal could walk in and do that. BC is walking into a very different environment in Winnipeg, and mm-hmm. I think that favors Winnipeg in a big way. I I got a fairly boring and predictable prediction of Toronto-Winnipeg running back, and, and that's okay. Like you, I'm, yeah. I mean, this time Toronto will be the 
heavy favorite. And let's see if Winnipeg can jump up and bite them on the ass this time. So, Oh, if it's Toronto-Winnipeg, I'm picking Winnipeg all day, every day in the Grey Cup. All day, every day. Um, but I don't know if they're going to get past BC. I think BC's a really, really good team. Um, I, the fact that they've moved to Saturday is doing anything to you? Like, I get NFL well, Sunday, is, a, is it, but it is hurting... It's hurting the ratings a little on Saturdays to go to play. I get why they're doing it, but yeah. it's it's aver- it's like it's trending down a little to do them on the Saturday. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to watch anyway, yeah. and I think I understand. I know this doesn't seem like it, but what 24 hours can do for a team in preparation when they're playing in the Grey Cup. Oh, I'm sorry. I just meant your interest as as a fan to watch. Do you, does it hurt you if it's a Saturday as opposed no. to Sunday? Yeah. Actually, I prefer Saturday. I know that the ratings don't say that. Yeah. You're just asking me. I was asking you, yeah. I prefer Saturdays. Okay. And I love the fact that teams have an extra day to kind of get organized for that Grey Cup. Right. Ha- having been a part of many, many Grey Cup weeks, they are so hectic. It's crazy. Um, 24 hours given to those teams. Yeah, you win on Saturday and you got that extra day yeah, before. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm... I think it's a great change. I'd like to see the season moved back where we're not playing the Grey Cup in November. We're playing it in October. Um, I'd like to see that. I think you can get more traction during the summer, but that's a whole other discussion. Sure. Um, but And quickly on that, I, I disagree. I like that our winters can play into a Grey Cup. Yeah. And, and it's just a quaint little Canadian thing that I, I don't mind that if occasionally it's going to be played in a blizzard in Regina in November or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, those I are just, just uh, you know what really has a bad taste in my mouth is it's not that Ottawa lost and I, I I promise you it's not when they played in the Grey Cup in 2018, which is the last playoff game that they have played, which doesn't help the sense of the Red Blacks or anybody in this <laughs> freaking town. Um, it is the last playoff game from the Sens or the Red Blacks that they've played, either one of the teams. Yeah. The Grey Cup in 2018. That game, knowing a lot of people in the U.S., that game was an absolute embarrassment to our game. When Ottawa lost to, God, did it lose to Edmonton or Calgary? Cal- uh, Calgary. Calgary. Um, it was one of the worst football games because of the ice. It was in Edmonton. That's why I'm confusing. Yeah. Um, the ice or the, yeah, well, the ice on the field made it like people were just flopping around. It was just a terrible product. And as a guy who likes the CFL, I enjoy a really good product. And that game was awful from the product point of view. I don't want to see that anymore. So I'm glad. And that's why I brought up the temperature in Hamilton. I think global warming is going to help us with that. You're going to see less and less of those here. Look forward to talking about global warming on our next podcast. This is why I saved that little reference to the end all the... uh, any of you out there listening who are groaning at the uh, climate change argument, the show's over anyway. Yeah. Screw you. We got your download. <laughs> we got your click. Take that. We'll talk about global warming at some point. <laughs> I think that's where we'll wrap this one up, ma'am. Remind the good listener that uh, Mr. Steve Bunda will be here on your Friday podcast. We'll talk some fights and, and whatever else is on his mind. Uh, Rob back on Monday. Hoffley in, we haven't nailed down the day, but he'll be in next week and then... Uh, and before you know it, it'll be time for some the more Versace, Versace session. sessions. 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 What I that, know that me is that I, yeah, you know what won't creep you out? <laughs> the new beers that you won't have tasted that I'm going to bring next week and the week after and the week after. 
I already have them lined up for like two or three weeks, and I now have the next two or three weeks to go and get the next two or three weeks after that. Yeah. I'm telling you, you have opened up a vault here. Yeah, of beer. So it's not the end of the world. You have been threatened with worse things. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'm not threatening you at all. You and I are going to enjoy some great, like I brought you the creme brulee nitro stout, and you're going to have another one at some point. Yes. Uh, We'll wrap this one up here. Uh, For Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. And uh, we'll see you next time. That's it. Cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal's. Call the weekend guy, I don't care.